Well, welcome for another edition of Shelter Daily in His Word. It's a joy again to be with you on this Tuesday morning. What a great day the Lord has given to us. I don't know about you, but this Northwest Indiana weather just gets crazy on me sometimes. We've had some beautiful days, and uh, I'm just thankful for the Lord. You know, uh, one thing I know that even if the sun doesn't shine outside, the sun can always shine, as we say, on the inside. And that's because Jesus Christ is alive and well. And because he lives, you live. I want to take you to the Lord in prayer this morning. And I just want you, if you will, just to join with me. We're going to put up the prayer needs today of this, those that are in need of prayer. We're going to ask you, if you will, just to remember them in prayer today. God would just be with them and, and touch them. And there's people that need healing. If you have a prayer need you want us to pray with you about, please uh, let us know about it. You can connect with us at jubileeworshipcenter.com. And you can just send in your prayer need. If you're watching us live on Facebook, you can uh, put your uh, need there and, and we'll, we'll get it on the list. If there's something you want us to pray with you about, you can also call the church office, 219-947-0301. And you can uh, connect with us on the phone and you can just share your need with us. We just want to pray with you, pray for you, and also rejoice with you when God's doing something. A lot of times our focus is on needs, not on praise, and not on Him. So we want to focus our attention on the Lord, and we want God to be seen as the one who is the worth-ship, His worth-ship. He's the one we worship. So we're going to honor Him in everything that we do. So Father, today we thank you. We praise you. God, thank you for just being in our midst. Thank you for the divine touch you bring to our hearts. Thank you, God, that you are always, you're the king of glory. You're high and lifted up. You do great things, God. We magnify and lift up your name today. We just give you the glory, God, because we know that there's not a need, God, you cannot supply. There's not a, a, a person you cannot touch. There's not a heart, God, that you cannot melt. Oh, Lord, you can go where we cannot go, and you can do what we cannot do. I thank you, God, that you are our full supply. Everything we have need of is found in you. And I just give you the praise today and the glory and the honor for our time we have today. Now let the word, Lord, just, just rejoice today over us. And let us, God, be able to be lifted up in all that we say and all that we do because we want to honor you, God. It's not us, Lord. We decrease so that you can increase. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, again, we want to continue our, our session from yesterday. So if you haven't uh, watched yesterday's uh, session, it is, it is there. You can go back and you can uh, watch it again so you can kind of know where we're at and where we're, what we're running from or going from. We're looking at, <clears throat> we use the scripture verse in 2 Corinthians chapter six, or chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, continuing on in our session this morning, but I want us just again to hear this word, and I'm not going to read the entirety of it, but I just want you to hear what verse 16 says, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And I want to, I want to just talk a little bit more about that renewal that comes, even though we see the outward man. You know, the, Paul was saying that because, you know, the truth is, is that our physical man is always dealing with stuff. There's no doubt about it. 
There's no doubt that there's things that go on in our lives. You know, we have sickness. We have, uh, you know, we're frail at times. Sometimes we're weak. Sometimes we don't get enough rest. Sometimes we are dealing with mental stresses and battles and things of that that are going on. And sometimes those physical things become real. But the other side of that is there's a spiritual side that we have to confront, we have to deal with. And this is what Paul said, though our outward man perishes, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And I love that because the, the, how do we renew our day, our, our, our inward man? How do we find renewal or the inward man? Well, the Bible very clearly tells us that, we, that there are things that we can do. One thing we have to remember is this, that when the enemy comes to try to, to disrupt us, that no weapon, according to Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every evil word that comes nigh to us, everything the Bible says that will rise against you, those things he said that, uh, that you will condemn. In other words, you'll have inward word, the word of God in you that abides in you. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. So here's the thing, all right? There's this, there's this dynamic, there's this uh, uh, dynamic of things that begins to happen. Christ in you, right? The hope of glory, all right? So when you have Christ in you and his word abides in you, you can speak words of life. The word of God, the, you know, the word comes alive to us. The Bible's not just a book. The Bible is a living book. So I want you to understand that. So here's the thing. How, how do you make it in the middle of the battles that you're in? How do you keep standing even when things are going crazy all around you? Well, I believe that there's some principles that we need to learn in order for us to make it through those times in our lives where we feel overwhelmed, we may feel dry, we may feel lifeless, we may feel like that, you know what, things are, our prayers are not getting very high. We're, God, it seems like God's not hearing us. But let me tell you, church, God has a remedy, all right? If, if you are battle-weary and worn, God has a remedy. If you're tired and frustrated of being tired and frustrated, right? God has an If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I believe God has a remedy. If, you, if you're listening to me this morning... And you're saying, I'm ready to move on to the next level and leave this old life behind me? I believe God has a, a remedy for it. And here, I'm going to talk about some simple principles that I'm going to share with you this morning that you can put into your life that will help you to find yourself being renewed and being restored day by day, okay? So here's the first one, principle number one, worship. That's right, worship. Think about worship for a moment. The word worship all right, we alluded to it just a moment ago. Worship is worth-ship. Worth-ship, all right? Now, I want you to think about that as we talk about worship. You know, when Israel had spent 70 years in captivity in Babylon, because, and the reason they were there was because they repeatedly rejected and persistently rejected the, the voice of God and what God demanded of them, what God called them to do and to be. And they rejected God's rule over their lives. So what God did, because, you know, the Bible says he loves his people so much that he literally chastened them. And he chastened them until 
the Bible says that Daniel begins to cry out to God. Uh, and, and he cries out to, in repentance for what the people had done. And what is interesting is that when that period of chastening ended and the Lord set out to reestablish his covenant people in the land that he had promised them, he did not begin by restoring and renewing the political establishment. That's not where it started. So they, their, 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 their government basically was, was in shambles. They didn't have a, a king ruling them like they had, but they were in captivity. And when Daniel begins to cry out to God and repent and call the nation to repentance, the first thing that God did was, was, wasn't restoring their king, wasn't even renewing their economy. Now think about this, okay? Because I think about this from, from where we are right now. You know, they tell us that right now over uh, about 30 million people right now are out of work. They're even saying, they're predicting that out of that 30 million people that are laid off right now and are not working, that 14 and a half million of them may not even have a job to go back to when the economy begins. So here's the thing you need to understand. When we're, when we're in the midst of crises and situations like this, when, when we recognize that, you know what, as a nation, we need to cry out to God. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that the nation of America needs to cry out to God and recognize, you know what, it's God that brings freedom. It's God that changes things. It's God that's the one who is over this. We need to seek God above everything else and not seek the hand of God, but seek the face of God. We need to come to him with humility. We need to come and honor his worship, right? Because why? Well, because God wants to bring restoration. God wants to restore, but he's not interested in restoring politics. That, our, our, our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not in even renewing the economy, all right? Now, you know, I, I'm hoping and praying that things will turn. I believe that they can, but I do believe that, that restoration has to come because we seek God, not because we seek men. And here's the thing. God's first priority is not the, 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 the government. His first priority is not restoring and renewing the economy. It's not restoring and renewing education or housing or transportation. No, that's not where it's at. Now, are those important things? I, I'm sure, all right? I'm not, I'm not devaluing them, but I want you to understand God's priority. God's priority is to restore and renew the worship of his people. That's the first stage of reestablishing them as a nation. That's the first stage of renewal that God is going to come. When we begin, when we begin this action of changing the way we worship and quit letting worship be about us and make it more about the audience of one, when we begin to focus our attention on the King of glory, when we turn our prayers not to God, please restore my, my finances, God, please restore this, please change this. No, when we come to God and we just humble ourselves before him and we say, you know what, God, you are God. And I repent, God, of my, of my lackadaisical, apathetic way of living. I repent, God, of the way I've been doing things. I repent, God, of living my life for myself and for what I want. And I begin to see you. 
See, whenever our lives feel ineffective or stale, whenever we experience, right, we have, uh, we experience the chastenings of the Lord. Whenever we want to reach a greater level of intimacy with God, we have to understand this. The Holy Spirit makes His dwelling and His base of operation where? In the heart of those who worship, given wor to worship, right? That's where it's at. So here's the thing. How many times does our focus get out of whack? Where we're, uh, we're, we, we're so focused on, on, on our stuff, on our things, on our wants, our desires. When we come into the house of God, how many times did you come into the, to, the, to worship God? And, the, and God, you know, you come in, Lord, if I don't hear a word from you today, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, God, you know, you're going to have to, God, I'm coming in here, I'm broken. You're going to have to change me, God. You're going to have to do something, God, because if you don't do something, how many times is our focus we've, where it's, it, it's on us when we come into God's house instead of really focusing on Him, where we just come into His presence, where we, we just come and just focus on Him when we are, fo we've, if we're focusing on ourselves, that means we're not really focusing on God. So you say, well, what has that? Well, I believe this. I believe that we've got to get back to a heart of worship. We've got to get back to understanding, the, as, as Doug Small says, a real theology of worship. Where we understand what that means to really worship God for who He is, not for what we can get out of Him. Man, this is the thing. Folks, God is not a magic genie that you just rub the lamp and make your wishes come true. All right? If you're, if you're focused on, 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 on earthy things, and every, I, I'm not saying that those things aren't important, but understand, they're far less important than our worship to God for who He really is. And so what we need to do is we really need to focus our attention on true worship. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I think it's really important for us to build an altar. I think that we need to reestablish the altar again. You know, when Ezra returned to Jerusalem, the, the walls were, were still in ruins. The temple area hadn't even been cleaned up yet. You can read it in Ezra. It, 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 was, uh, it wasn't really prepared for a, a day of celebration or, or to celebrate feast days. And it, it was later. And really, when you look at it, when you read, the, the, the first thing they did was, uh, it, it was to, rebuild, to rebuild the altar to rebuild the altar. You know, I remember back last Wednesday when Doug Small was, was talking and, and he said, you know, what needs to happen in every house, there needs to be an altar built. Every house needs to have an altar built. And what he, what he was saying is, is that there needs to be a place where everyone gathers around in the family, where the Bible's laid open and we come and we can exercise a time of seeking God in our homes. You know, one of the things I'm, I'm really asking all of you to do, and, and, and I know this is difficult for some, and I know it is. I know we struggle over this. I know I have, I've struggled over it, I'll be honest with you. In my own house, I've had difficulty at times just, just doing, being consistent with having family altar where we come together. And yet, 
when you read historically for hundreds of years, that was, that was the norm. In fact, even in America, when you go back in history, the norm was that people, uh, families would join together in family altar time. And they would just come together and dad would open up scripture. They would read scripture and they would pray together as a family. You know, one of the things you can do, you say, well, I have a hard time with this. One of the things you go, you know, because, our, you know, especially if you have small children, this is, this is a hard thing to do sometimes. It even gets harder when you get older kids because, oh, I don't want, you know, they don't want to give up their, they don't want to give up their tablet. They don't want to give up their game, uh, their, their game system. You know, but there comes a moment, you know, and you know, the truth is, is you, you know, you can shut your internet off in your house if you have to, where nobody can even get on the internet, right? Why? Well, you need to bring everybody together. Now, how many of you remember family time around the dinner table? That's even lost, you know. Uh, you even hear commercials on television that talk about this. Here's the thing. When mom and dad come together, when, when you bring your kids in, and you know, you can make this a fun time. You know, you can help them to even, if you want to uh, set a, aside a place, you can have the kids help by maybe uh, m decorating it, coloring, and, and things where this is the place where, we're gonna have, where, the, where the Word of God is going to be, and we're going to come here, and we're going to have that, and we're going to establish an altar in, 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 in this place. And, and again, altars are symbolic, right? They're symbolic. You, 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 it, it gives us a place to focus, but you need to build an altar. Whenever you get off track spiritually, the first thing you need to do is build an altar. The first thing you do, the, the, the truth is that, that many, uh, for many, that, that they have uh, taken their altar out and replaced it with all sorts of other entertainment. Everything else takes precedent over a time around the altar. Some almost lose their salvation if they miss their favorite TV program. They don't care about missing church, but buddy, don't miss don't miss, you know, uh, Chicago PD or Chicago Fire or one of those. Listen, now's not the time. The matter before us is critical. The things that God is calling on us to do is critical. And I'm not talking about, you know, building a stone altar. I mean, you, if you want to, you could do that. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about when we understand the importance that we can't really see God move in the church corporately until we have things moving in our own homes. The truth of the matter is, families that pray together build strong churches. Strong churches build strong communities. And I believe that God can send an awakening, a spiritual awakening, when we, the church, begin to reestablish worship and we reestablish the altar, all right? Now, I know that this is important, and I believe in my heart of hearts that you that are listening to me right now know this is important too. Some of you, some of you are good at this, okay? Some of you have done this really well. But here's the thing. The things of the world, if you're not careful, will rob you of your spiritual life. The things of this world will rob you. It'll take that away from you. So if you want to get back to the heart of worship, if you want to walk in, a, in restoration and renewal, if that's what your heart desires, then you're going to have to say no to this world and start spending some quality time 
in the presence of God. You know, if you're wondering why your children are going wild, if you're wondering why they seem to be out of control, you know, you can blame the government because they took prayer out of schools. You can, you know, you can blame the things that are going on around us. You know, but I got news for you this morning. It's not because that they chose to take God out of the classroom. It's because we've chosen to take God out of our homes. Yeah, let that sink in for a moment, all right? And what we need to do is we need to get back to the place of worship, back to the place of the altar, where in our homes, in our homes, we begin to pray. Man, I tell you what, I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. Would you, would you just pray with me? Let's, let's, let's first of all, let's pray a prayer of repentance. God, forgive us. Forgive us for not establishing a place of, of, of worship in our homes. Forgive us, God, for allowing everything else to get in the way where it pushes you, God, out to where the only time so that we really, God, feel like we need you is when we're in times of crisis. But Lord, today, we're just going to ask, God, for a renewal. That today, God, we begin. Lord, I pray that, Lord, all across the land, that people or homes will again reestablish altars in their houses. All across Hobart, all across Portage, Northwest Indiana, that, that families will begin again, God, to establish the family altar where they come together, they open the Word, they read the Word, and they pray. God, you're not looking for hours at a time. The, the importance is, is that we come together, that we do this. And God, because you said that when we come together, you'll come into the midst. I believe, Lord, that if we do this now, that, Lord, when we come back on Pentecost Sunday, when we open the church up on, on May 31st, God, when we, have that, when we have that big celebration, that, Lord, we're going to see a great revival, a renewing. I believe a great awakening, God, is about to happen. And I believe that you're helping us, God, to see that. So, Lord, let us be those people, Lord, that you work through. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you for, for spending time with us today. I know uh, sometimes, you know, the words we bring are not always the most comfortable thing we hear. Sometimes it's not even comfortable for me to share it. But I'm so thankful for what God is saying to us. So, uh, again, uh, reestablish that altar. Take the time to do so. You will be thankful and glad you did. God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in today for Shelter Daily in His Word.